thank you for joining me again and to another session of uh, uh, our study in the Bible, uh, whether it be your Sunday school lesson or uh, study from home. Uh, thank you for joining. We will be continuing our series in After God's Own Heart, a fresh look at the Ten Commandments. We've been going over uh, parts of the Ten Commandments of what we should uh, should and shouldn't do. Uh, we're going to uh, be in session five this mo- uh, well, it's morning time for me, maybe not for you, but uh, today we are going to be in talking in discussion of honor honoring marriage. Uh, how do we honor marriage? So uh, in this, um, let's look at uh, this connection here. Uh, if you want to prepare to be in the Bible, we'll be in Exodus chapter 20, verse 14. Very familiar fir- verse that uh, you've all heard over and over again. And then we'll jump over to 2 Samuel 11, verses 1 through 5. So just bear with me uh, today as we go over this lesson. Uh, again, I hope you learned something that either you needed to hear or have not heard in a while. Then uh, uh, we'll get through this lesson. So uh, starting with this. Many in our society no longer value the traditional biblical view of marriage as a a monogamous or monogamous uh, lifelong covenant uh, between a man and a woman. Uh, A lot of people have went outside of this tradition uh, of what uh, marriage should be about, what how the you know Bible describes what marriage should be about. Many applaud the redefining of marriage as progressive and liberating. Yet it is only within a biblical marriage that couples experience the highest joy, unity, and security. Such God-centered marriages also provide the ideal environment for raising children. We see it from time to time in our society today of the, the, the divorce rate, people, you know, splitting up after marriages, you know, people you know, at different, um, using different scenarios to get married, using uh, different scenarios to split up and divorce. But we'll be discussing this biblical marriage. But let me ask you this, uh, this question, this whose marriage have you always admired? Have you seen somebody that's married for a lengthy period of time or not lengthy that you've just admired how that marriage has went? Uh, I've always, you know, referred to my grandparents that have been, you know, married over 50 years uh, that, you know, they've been together that full lengthy part of time, but uh, they've been together for that lengthy part of time, but they they also have had a a biblical marriage, uh, you know, and some people think that it was perfect. Well, their, their marriage hasn't been perfect per se. Just ask them. They'll, they'll, they'll let you know real, real fast that it ain't been perfect. But however, they, they focused their relationship on what God wants, uh, through, you know, a biblical marriage through, through, uh, having a relationship, uh, with Jesus. So, Looking at this, uh, we will be in this, uh, again, Exodus and 2 Samuel. Uh, The setting here, uh, looking at this, by the time the Israelites arrived at Mount Sinai, humans had experienced centuries, even millennia, of uh, uh, deviation 
from God's original design for relationships, especially marriage. Even back then, it ain't just today, folks. Even back then, it, they, they experienced difference. But when God's people met with him, he emphasized a key component of marriage in the seventh commandment, which prohibits adultery. Yet centuries after God gave this command to his people, the great king of Israel disobeyed God, committing adultery and suffering disastrous consequences as a result. So you, we will see this happening all the way back in time when the, the Israelites arrived in Mount Sinai. That, that, you know, it's just not happening today, folks. It's already, it's been happening, but we need to... We need to be in the Bible. We need to know God's Word and how to handle these things. That's uh, something that, you know, people think that, oh, oh, it's just today's times. Well, you know, we do see different things of today. We do see um, uh, more of it because of media and, uh, you know, social media and technology. But it, it happened then, but God has a word for that. So let's look at this. Let's look at the Word. Uh Exodus chapter 20, verse 14, again, a very familiar first. Thou shalt not commit adultery. It's, it, it's, it's uh, a commandment, but at the same time, it's one of those commandments that you just don't do it. That's, that's what God says. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Don't do it. Yeah, um, the commandment against adultery and, man, and marriage is a critical one. We are to watch over our marriages and the marriages of others with all diligence. Adultery breaks the trust and divides oneness God desires us to have and, and has designed us to experience with each other. It is something that is so detrimental that will cause marriages to split. It will cause issues for, uh, for other people within the marriage, families, what have you. But it's something that God just says, thou shalt not commit adultery. He does not want that. He does not want the lust for another person. It's, it's, it's you know, something that uh, all the way from then until now, especially now. So um, how would you summarize our culture's view on, of adultery? You know, I've seen time and time again and in, in looking at different things of of prostitution and fornication, homosexuality, uh, pornography, and other sexual sins of, of you know, it's relatively available. Uh, people just want to have it out in the open, but, you know, the Bible speaks against this, and it's for a reason. But adultery, physical or emotional, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I didn't commit adultery, but eh, did you lust? Did you lust for that person? Did did you have that thought thereof? Uh, you know, it's it's something that we can even see Jesus tell tell people in the New Testament. You know, if you even think about it, you've already committed the act. So, um, the adultery, physical or emotional, does far more damage than simply breaking trust between or through betrayal in a marriage. It effectively transfers the marital bond in one partner to someone else. Measurable scientific data has shown us that the withdrawal effects from a temporary love interest are as severe or even more severe as those from any drug. Science confirms this. And I love when, when, when we get to use science a little bit because 
you know, people write that off. They're like, well, we, we don't have no scientific data of this. Well, we do. That is more severe affecting of your body to your emotional health than any drug. But science, uh, science confirms this. God told us something very similar in his word. Paul wrote, What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? In 1 Corinthians six sixteen, he used the Greek word kealo, or kealo, um, which literally means to glue together or cement. So looking at that, what are some what are the benefits for a society following God's standards for purity and uh, and faithfulness in marriage? What are the benefits? Well, we have uh, I, you know people staying in a biblical marriage. Uh, you know we have benefits of of helping each other through God's word. We have you know. Um, a lot of other things that can can exist when when we're together in God's word, use, utilizing God's word for these things. But the Bible tells us to guard our hearts because it's in the heart that sin first takes root. It, it's in us. Jesus connected the command not to commit adultery with the heart. Ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. That's what I was talking about while I go. Matthew five twenty seven through 28. Adultery is deeper than the physical act because it's rooted in a spiritual source. It starts within. You know, the act hasn't even came yet, but it started within. It's already taken over. So we've got to be, we got to be aware of this. While the commandment focused on the act, Jesus zeroed in on the heart that motivated the act, the heart problem, the sin problem that's within. And if we don't have that relationship with Jesus and being in God's Word and having each other, then that act is going to follow. It's going to follow that sin that's already started in your heart. So we are to honor marriage with the faithfulness and purity and in the next verses in 2 Samuel 11, um, we'll look at verses 1 through the first part of 3 uh, to look at it, and then we'll jump over to the others. But we'll see that uh, we also are to let faithfulness and purity guard our thoughts. Not just our acts, but our thoughts in, inside of us. So looking at uh, verses 1 through 3a here, in Second Samuel, and it came to pass, after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him in all Israel. And they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbath. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from off his bed, and he walked upon the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. Well, looking at that, David is in a prime example here of what happens when we do not let faithfulness and purity guard our thoughts. Faithfulness and purity begins within, in our minds, in our hearts. 
as soon as David chose to send someone to acquire or inquire about the woman he saw bathing on the rooftop, he had already begun the process of pursuit. He has letting it overtake him, and in that situation, guarding his mind would have meant turning away from what he saw at the moment he first saw her. But instead, David chose to pursue her, which ultimately led to devastation. It's something, folks, if we see that we're going to be in sin, if we see that something's going to be a sin, turn and run. Get away from it. Don't let it overtake you. That is the temptation that will take over if you do not utilize a uh, uh, flight. You know, we you know we got to have enough... Um, uh, uh, purity in us, faithfulness is what we was talking about just a while ago, to say, you know, not doing that, let me walk away. Let me get away from this situation. The word yada is the idea of uh, plummeting into reality of another person to know deeply and to be deeply known. The word is also used in reference to knowing God. It captures the personal interaction we can have with Him. Uh, look at this in Psalm twenty-five, fourteen. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him, and He saw, or, or He will show them His covenant. We got to be in that relationship, folks. We got to fear God. Uh, not, not that that we're in total devastation, destruction of. Oh my God, He's going to do this if I do that. But, but being all of how awesome our God is, how how forgiven our God is, how awesome His Word is. We got to be that way to help us. Uh, look at uh, Isaiah 43.10. Ye are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am He. Uh, we got to understand them. we got to know them. The only way to know them, guess what, folks? we got to be in our Bibles. we got to be in prayer time, quiet time with our Lord. Uh, look at uh, another verse in Isaiah here, 45.3. I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, am the God of Israel. Uh, he's saying, you know, you see these things. There's a reason why, because I want you to focus on who I am, what I can do for you. You know, these pleasures of the world are just temporary you know, it is just a uh, uh, just a, a mere moment of what you have an everlasting life with me in heaven. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people they 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 go and they know that this temptation. And once we give in within temptation, you know, a lot of the uh, what people call the satisfying uh, uh, effects of it uh, only last so long. You're not going to get that. You're going to have total, more total devastation in time-consuming events than you'll ever have in what it is that you want out of that temptation. So looking at that, what are some practical ways we can follow God's command to be faithful and pure? Well, we, we, we need to see uh, more into this verses for, through 3b through 5, which is actually... Uh, going on to uh, looking at what he done. So looking at this, we'll see that faithful includes honoring the marriage and commitments of others. Uh, looking at this, um, and one said, this is in 3B, and one said, is this not, is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of 
Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her, and she came unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified from her uncleanliness, and she returned into her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David, and said, I am with child. David did not only set aside faithfulness of his own life, he also failed to honor the marriage relationship of Bathsheba. When, when we think about adultery here, when we think about the relationship with others, you're not just ruining yours, your relationship, your marriage. You're ruining theirs as well. You're pulling them from their marriage. You're pulling them from what they have and in that temptation. So looking at this, again, he also failed the, mar the marriage relationship of her. The servant reminded David of Bathsheba's own marriage. You know, that's, that's another thing that God does. You know, he allows other things to happen to kind of say, hey, wait a minute, think about this before you do it. And that's what happened with the servant here. Hey, look, uh, you know, I know you're the king and all, but, you know, she has another marriage. She's in marriage. She's married to somebody else. But he tried to intervene by helping David see this danger. But he continued. He reminded David that Bathsheba was someone's daughter. That's what we don't think about, folks. Someone's wife. You know, on the flip side, you know, for 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 other you know we, we don't think about the other effects of of having this adulterous relationship but david pursued her anyhow he didn't fight the temptation he went on, on with pursuing anyhow he chose to satisfy his physical desires regardless of the consequences again he chose something that was only going to be you know, for just a little of time versus the effects that was going to last a lifetime for him now. Because look again at, at verse 5. She said, I am with child. So not only did that, that, that little bit of time that he spent with Bathsheba, now it's going to be an everlasting effect because she's going to have a child. So when sex becomes nothing more than an activity to perform of its own end, it brings with it heartbreak, jealousy, regret, and a host of emotional, physical, and spiritual consequences. That is lasting, folks. Lasting. Guarding marriage from adultery starts by creating true connection of love, honor, and romance between both spouses and cultivating the love relationship. And the only way we do this, folks, is being in God's Word and seeing what God says about it utilizing His Word to help us, allowing the Holy Spirit to teach this through us. It's only guarding the heart in the home and that the home can be preserved by failing to guard his heart or seek the best for Bathsheba. David invited great calamity into his family and hers. He didn't focus on the everlasting effects afterwards. Jesus understood the slippery slope of adultery as well as the deceptive nature of the human heart. But when we honor the union between a husband and a wife, when we honor God's word in it, we live our lives that are pleasing to God, 
and bring the greatest satisfaction and joy to our marriages. That's what we need. That's what marriage is all about. Marriage is not just saying I do and that's the end of it. It's a growing relationship. It's like a relationship with our Lord. It's growing. It's not always going to be perfect. We're going to fail. But don't let our our, our fail uh don't let something that's going to fail you be because you didn't have that purity, that faithfulness, that faith in God's word in your heart to help protect it. Looking at this, how will you seek to preserve and honor marriage, whether it's yours or the marriage of others? You know, some of you may not be married yet. Some of you are married, what have you. Examine your own heart. Honor your marriage or the relationships of others. It begins in the heart and mind. Turn away from any involvement with lust. If it's a pornography a problem, turn away. Get into God's Word for help. Be in prayer for help or inappropriate feelings toward others. Examine that and get rid of it. Examine your actions. If you're guilty of sin of adultery, either emotional or physically, in the past or present, repent fully before God and turn your heart away from sin toward obedience to Christ. If you have not committed this sin in this regard, thank God and ask Him to help you, to guide you in a life continually that honors marriage. Seek ways to honor marriage. Honor it. Both you, your own, others. This applies to regardless of their uh, marital status. Identify specific things you can do this week to show honor to yourself, your spouse, if you are married, and God. Identify ways that you can uh, honor others for their faithfulness in marriage. Honor it. Looking at this, Jesus understood the slippery slope as we, as well as the deceptive nature of the human heart. Look at Jericho. Uh, I mean, Jericho. Jeremiah seventeen nine. But when we honor the union between a husband and a wife, we live lives that are pleasing to God and bring greatness, satisfaction, and joy. And looking at the point of this, physical intimacy is reserved for one man and woman with the covenant of marriage. And the only way to help and help with guidance is to be in God's Word. Be in His Word. Pray to Him and all that. So we looked at today of honoring marriage. It's something we should do. We should know how to honor marriage, uh, especially with the commandments that we have. And then we're going to uh, discuss next time honoring uh, all relationships, honoring every relationship, and focusing on continuing uh, or closing out this uh, fresh look at the Ten Commandments after God's own heart. And then we're going to look at a life of commitment. Are you all in? Are you committed to Christ? Are you committed to His Word, His church? Are you, are you committed to being in prayer? Are you committed to worship? Are you committed to being in the mission? That's something we're going to start discussing on our online Bible studies. Um, but again, thank you for joining. If you will, uh, again, share it. Uh, share to others. Uh, look forward to having more listeners uh, as we uh, continue to do this until we either get back into Sunday school. Uh, you know, it's up to God. If I 
continuing this online, but thank him, thank you, Lord, for uh, continuing to let me do this. So uh, I hope y'all have a wonderful day, wonderful week, or whenever you're listening to this, but thank you for joining for this Bible Studies Online.